actually think it is it is part of the discussion because I don't agree. Perfect. The assessment that's a perfectly good assessment, asking perfectly good questions, which could be I would next year I would want to I could be tempted to lie if I didn't have this integrity value. And I would give us a grade of an F of that at this point, right? If I'm going to be honest, because mm -hmm. I think for fantastic, not for fantastic. No, <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. With I better this be. I'm not going to be careful what I'm going to say the next thing out of my mouth. But yeah, the F stands for something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. Welcome, welcome to on round. Yes. It is so good to be with you, and, and some of you are like, what is on-ramp? And, and it's even more scary than that, some of you are like, what's a podcast? Um, so um, so on-ramp podcast is, is something we started, uh, I think, just over a year ago? No. No? No. Are we disagreeing already? Okay. Yeah. How long ago was it? It was in my first year here, so it was two years ago. Oh my goodness, two years, and we've only done like 12, 10, 11, something like that. But we, we try to release almost monthly discussions. I use the term monthly loosely. Um, discussions around faith, spirituality, you know, church. Um, social justice is listed, but we've yet to actually scratch the surface on that topic. Um, but what we wanted to do is just invite you into kind of the living room that is the chaotic podcast called OnRamp. Um, and today's discussion, we've had actually this discussion before as well, uh, which is hearing God's voice. Um, we really feel that, you know, every believer can hear the voice of God. Um, and so the question that you might ask is, well, how? How do I? Or a question might be, um, or a comment might be, I disagree. Um, but we want to talk about that today and, and kind of, yeah, the nuances to that. We have a QR code. Uh, some of you that know what a QR code is, you can use the QR code. Um, scan it, send us your question. Please keep the questions around the topic today, um, around hearing God's voice. But we'd love to hear from you, and we're going to answer those questions live. If I can pull them up here on my computer, we'll answer those live. But just to get started... Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 10, which we've preached through before here, talks about the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Manifestation simply means the revealing, the unveiling, or some would call them the power gifts. And here, Paul talks about nine gifts of the Spirit. He says, to, there, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Amazing, out of these nine, five of them actually deal with hearing God's voice. Wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, interpretation of tongues. All of these, most of them are actually on hearing God's voice. So I thought this would be a good topic to talk about. And I think that Jan and Greg are passionate about it as well. And so we're just going to begin with a simple question, which is, I'll throw it to Greg. 
Um, Greg? I'm um, ready. I'm ready. I mean, you're like... I like how we say this is a podcast. Yeah. And it's going to be off the cuff. Right. And then Joel comes with a laptop with like five pages of notes and Bible verses on it. Hey, and listen. I'm like, I didn't prep anything for this. Hey, hey if you want to see my notes, I can share them here. Here's something. I've been trying to read them, but I don't have my glasses on. So, <laughs> sucker. Yeah. Okay. So, Greg... Hearing God. Is that what we're talking yeah, about Yeah, we're talking today? about hearing right. God. And apparently you do. I don't know. What was the question? When did you start hearing God's voice? I, I was, for me, I think that um, hearing God's voice is a bit of like, I probably always did hear God's voice, but I didn't realize it was God talking to me. Where I feel like, I, I don't know, like I started out as a Christian reading the Bible. That's what kind of got the hook for me into giving my life to Jesus. And so I feel like God talked to me a lot through the Bible. Mm. But I don't know if that's what we're talking about this morning or you're more interested in kind of the more like supernatural gift of hearing the voice of God. Yeah. Because if we're talking about that, I would say that for me, I don't know, it was probably 10 years ago that we were at a um, school of supernatural ministry. And it was, a, it was kind of a year-long thing that we went to and they practiced hearing the voice of God. And I felt so out of my comfort zone because there was like 50 people in the room and they all seemed super spiritual and I had never heard God talk to me before. Right. And it, but we used to do these exercises of kind of practicing to hear God's voice. And I remember one night that the guy said, and this was early in the school year, and I've told this story before, um, so I apologize if you've heard it, but he said, what we're going to do today is when I say go, I want you to stand up. I want you to go find somebody that you've never met before. And I want you to tell them something about themselves that you could only know if God told you. Let's I was, do it. I was like, I don't think that's going to happen. And um, I, I, like, I was petrified. I froze in my chair. And he's like, go. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I've never... I, like, I don't have this gift. I don't have any experience in hearing from God like that. And he expects that we're all just going to kind of do this. And I, I actually, I started giving it to God. I was like, this is so stupid, God. Like, I can't believe that you brought me to this school. I can't believe we're doing this stupid exercise. I can't believe I'm sitting here. And I was really giving it to God. And in the midst of that, I remember that I said to God, I said, this is so stupid. Do you want me to just go over to that guy over there? And I just randomly pointed at some guy in the crowd. And I said, what do you want me to go over to him and tell him that he's got a daughter and her name is Jessica and she's not a, and she's not a Christian. I was like, this is just so dumb. And I went on and on at God for a few more minutes. And then, um, I, I got to the point then where I was like, I felt kind of stupid because I was still sitting in my chair while everybody else was wandering around and doing stuff. And I decided maybe I'm going to go to this guy. That's all I got, right? Maybe I'll go to this guy and I'll ask him if he had this. And I, I won't go through the whole thing because it'll take too long. But in the end, he had a daughter. Her, his, her name was Jessica. Her, the whole family, he was an older guy. So it was him and his wife and they had a bunch of kids and they were all married and they had grandkids. They were all Christians except for Jessica. And when I said that, he started to cry. And then I started to cry 
And it was, it was probably the single most powerful thing that has ever happened to me in terms of like hearing from God or even ministering to another person. And I had zero experience five minutes before it happened. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. I think that, you know, to answer the first question of, are we talking about lots of questions already? Um, which is great. And, uh, we'll try to answer some of them because I can see it is going to be a lot, but that's okay. Um, I think the first question is, you know, are we talking about hearing God's voice kind of generally or specifically or supernaturally? I think that it's, it's all of those things. I think that in my own walk with, with the Lord is it began through the word of God and it began through like people, um, praying actually over me. But what I found is that as time goes on, it's almost like God has added other layers of hearing his voice in many different ways. Um, and so for me, what began with, you know, obviously the Bible, which contains both general revelation as well as, um, you know, very specific revelation when you apply it to your life, that's where I started was, was the Bible because it's, it is, you know, a lot of revelation and it is God's word and it is inspired and God actually spoke his word. I firmly believe that, uh, you know, God spoke his word. And so that's where I started. But as time went on, I found that until really 10 years ago as well, maybe a little bit longer, where I began trying to specifically hear God's voice for others, that I didn't accelerate my, the gift of hearing God's voice until I started listening to God for others. Um, but yeah, so the different way, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to some of these, but I do want to hear from Jen as well. And, um, Jen, how did you first hear God's voice and what was your journey in the beginning? Like, I would say similar to Greg, I think it was part of my life before I knew it was part of my life or that was what was happening. I've been a dreamer from a young, young age. Um, so the question about dreams, if we don't get to it, and you have questions about dreams and interpretation, I'll talk to you after the service. Um, but a uh, couple weeks after I turned 15, we got new pastors at church, and they were um, dynamically, uh, they died, just dynamically walked with the Holy Spirit in a like vital, connected relationship. So much so that he, rather than saying, hi, how's it going, he was known for saying, hey, Jen, what's God saying? And it freaked me out. Like, it just freaked me out. I was like, can't you just ask me how my day is going? I'm like a high school student. And I grew to appreciate, uh, he was my mentor, they were my mentors for a lot of years, but I grew to appreciate the fact that it wasn't this crazy big moment from God where it was like the heavens would open and the spotlight would come down and there would just be this sense of, that's what God's saying. It was a a place of communion that I cultivated and understanding what God was speaking to me and, and feeding me with. And it wasn't even always like words of knowledge or maybe what Greg talked about scares you, that concept of going to someone. It was just my relationship with God clear. I, I knew what God was saying, knew where God was leading. I could understand the dreams that I was having. And uh, it was a real process. Like I would say, like I first, you know, about 15 became aware that this was part of the way forward, but it's 10, 15 year process of coming to understand the layers of, 
of what this means. Mm. And um, the sense of peace I have in my relationship with God right now um, and understanding what he's saying and where he's leading, uh, it's very rarely that I wouldn't have an answer for that question uh, if asked. So yeah, that's my kind of story. Yeah, and something that, that Jen mentioned that I think is, um, is important is if, if, if what Greg said scares you, like hearing God for others, um, then and this is going to be a good one because we've talked about this in our podcast, but um, I think my personal opinion is that this is where we don't agree. This is where we don't agree. Is that We're going here. Awesome. In order to accelerate hearing God's voice, for me, it's got to be risky. It's got to be specific. And it's got to be for others. Um, what do you think, Greg? Well, I can say that when that happened to me, it scared the crap out of me. So yeah. I was, I, yeah, I think that... I think that, I don't this is a super general statement, but as you get out of your comfort zone, you get into that zone where it's easier to hear from God. And so if you sit on your couch waiting to hear from God, like that doesn't, that's kind of not the way it works for me. Right. But as I step out and put myself into situations where I'm partnering with God to do the ministry that God so desperately wants to do, which is connect with individuals. I find that for me, I get more ability to hear specific words when I'm in that scenario. So I don't actually, I don't even know if I believe that, but that's, <laughs> I, those words are coming out of my mouth that I was like, I, I think I, it's more, I don't, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's, it's more, um, I don't know, impactful in yeah. those situations, but I can sit on my couch and still hear what God has for me. Yeah. So I don't want to say that you can't, right? But yeah. Yeah, and I think that, I think the, to me, if I look at the Christian walk, I think it begins individually between you and God. And what happens in your Christian walk is you're a part of a community and God begins to use you in that community and you kind of move from a, individual relationship with God to an others also focused relationship with God and I think for me in that others focused that's when I began seeing that God doesn't just want to speak to me for me but he actually wants to speak to me for others and for me personally because I'm not super like believe it or not extroverted and like going to share the gospel with everybody I meet. And so for me to push me to that place, I found that specific and risky was the way that I began to accelerate hearing God's voice in my own life. And so, you know, we said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. How do you feel about that, Jen? <laughs> and this is where I didn't agree. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, the experience of hearing God was in a, like I, there were several opportunities where I was in a home group, um, a, a time of almost training on hearing God's voice, but it was with people I knew very well and I was in a, a safe community and for me, there needed to actually be a sense of safety. Now for me, 
I grew up, because I'm a dreamer, I also was very susceptible to nightmares. And so for me to go towards the sense of hearing felt very unsafe because the torment of night terrors was so closely part of this concept that moving forward in this, it almost took a, a sense of, for me, the sense of risk was actually like trusting the people around me not to hurt me like that hurt. And um, so for me, I needed to actually cultivate a sense of safety in the group of people. And sure, there might have been an element of risk, but I don't have that pre-sense of picture or words for people. Most of my experience with like words of knowledge or that kind of idea is in retrospect, I look back on the conversation we just had and I go, oh, I think God was there because that was way smarter than I am or way more present than I am. And uh, so for me, when we, when we looked at this and there they would say, there was a, a great step of risk involved with their relationship with hearing God. For me, it was very much different. There wasn't a strangers in the midst risk. It was very much more relationally with people and just really connected in that way. So, um, yeah. So if you listen to one of our earliest podcast episodes, we got quite heated on that topic. That's where Jen almost quit the podcast. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Let's quit the church. Yeah, that's right. That's that's where Jen almost died on a hill called safety. <laughs> yes, uh, that was the sound bite, that was and I'm like, bite. The "Jokers almost made me cry," which takes a bit. Oh, <laughs> listen, don't get all sad. Oh, the silence for here. I mean, she throws them back too. I mean, she's created this this narrative that you know she's always attacked, but she throws daggers too. Don't worry. Um, I think that, um, so, first question, because there's 18 of them. Let's uh, pick some good ones. Let's pick some. I think the first one is actually a good one and, and talks about the safety that, that Jen's been talking about in an environment. So when I say risky as well, I, I, I want to say this because I think it's important. The environment that I feel like uh, Greg and I are talking about where you're in a room with everybody, that is... Um, an environment where we say to everyone, we're here to learn to hear God's voice, right? And so in the sense that we've created the environment that this is an environment to hear God's voice, I think that's where the safety, yes, is definitely very important, right? We don't want to put people in a situation where we're like, okay, you have to hear from God and, and you're not like signed up for it at all. Um, so I think there has to be that safety, but um, we want to... Um, yeah, create an environment even in this church where every, like everyone here can hear God's voice. Like, did you know, how many know that you can hear God's voice here? I just want to see like where we're kind of at. Okay, cool. So like more than half. Um, did you say how many people know they can hear? Voice? Can hear, yes. So, and how, of those many people, how many people would say, I actively hear from God? Okay. It does a lot less. A lot less. Yeah. So, but the first question I want to get to, because I think it's, it's something that Jen was talking about, is what do you do when a leader tells you God is saying one thing and you feel with strong conviction God is telling you something opposite? Um, okay, you want to share? Go ahead. 
Huh? Who was I can't ask her, but... Wait, I'm not a pastor, so can I answer this question? <laughs> yeah. So when the pastor says something... I, listen, I... Pastor... Oh, man, I gotta be careful how I say this. You're a... I'm so sorry, Greg's a council member, by the Pastors way. Pastors are in the process, just like we are in yeah. the process. Yeah. Right? So... Don't think that Joel and Jen are like super spiritual and have everything figured out and we just go to them and they tell us exactly what the answers are. Because that's not the case, right? Every single one of us can hear from God the same way that Joel and Jen hear from God. Now, I will balance that by saying, I think it's very good sometimes when you're wrestling with an issue to get people's opinions on it, right? Yeah. Understand what you believe on the issue or what you feel God is saying to you. But if you want to go to a pastor and say, what do you think about this? They might come up with something different. But frankly, sometimes it's your life, right? And you kind of know what's going on. So, you know, but pastors are in the process too. So I, I think there's been all sorts of, you can look at the news and all sorts of issues where people just blindly trust leadership and pastoral staff that they hear from God better than everybody else can hear from God. And I'm not sure that's always the case. I think as well, when you share, like as a leader or a pastor, or even as anyone, it, when you share something that you feel like you're hearing from God, it, is, it should be phrased something like this. I sense that God is saying this. It's not, thus saith the Lord in King James Version, and the Almighty God spoke to me, because that... I think that phraseology creates a, like, this is absolutely 100% from God and now change your life because of it. The other thing I think is God will always confirm his word. So it's never a one-off word. So if a pastor, leader, whoever, your neighbor, your friend, person next to you in the service, because we're going to do words of knowledge in a few minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, if somebody <laughs> says to you, Thus saith the Lord, if it is God, there'll be confirmation. If it's different from what you're experiencing, that doesn't mean it's not God. I'll share quickly. Just on Friday, I, I met with a wonderful woman uh, from China who had been at the church three and a half years ago. We were praying together. When I saw this woman three and a half years ago, I, and I didn't even remember this when she first told me, but as she was telling me the story, I remembered when I saw her and I was praying over her, I said, I see financial blessings over your life. At that time, her company was in many, many million dollars of debt at that time. So it was the actual, it was actually the complete opposite of what was being experienced in her life. Full circle, we'll hear this testimony, don't worry, because we're getting a translator right now, but full circle, so again, three and a half years later, from about that moment on, this is not me, this is God, but from about that moment on, the company completely transformed and turned around and started paying back all of this debt and became actually known within the city as a place that God like answered these prayers. Like it's the total miracle. When I said that though, it was the complete opposite. So I'll just say this, God will confirm it and don't just take something because somebody is a leader and um, go with it just because they're a leader. Anyway, yeah. on a comment. Um, um, okay, what do you respond to someone who says, God said to me when it seems off 
or extra biblical? Now, I'm not sure if the question is extra biblical or unbiblical. Extra biblical, I will say, like, could mean this doesn't exist in the Bible. Unbiblical means it's against the Bible. For instance, God told me to leave my wife because she doesn't cook very well. Well, let's explore that a little, you know. That's unbiblical, right? Extra biblical, though, could mean, so I'm, I'm not totally sure on that, but maybe one of you want to pick up on that. How do you respond when God says to me, when it seems off or extra biblical? Yeah, I mean, I, if, it's, if it's against something that the Bible's, the, the spoken word of God will never contradict the written word of God, right? We have the Bible. God is not going to say something to you, like you said, that contradicts what he's written in the Bible. But if somebody came to me and said, I feel like God is saying this to me, and I thought it sounded a little bizarre, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how well I know that person and kind of what's going on in their life. But who, like, I'm still trying to figure out what God is saying to me. Who am I to judge sometimes what God is saying to somebody else? Um, th that's, that's difficult for me, right? I'm kind of on my own journey. And if somebody wants my advice, I'm happy to give my advice in terms of whether I think, yeah, that sounds like something that I would say, or yeah, I don't know if that really came from God. But, but it, again, it's my opinion, right? Because um, I'm still trying to figure out what God's got for me as opposed to trying to figure out what God's got for everybody else. So, yeah, go ahead. And I think it's such a relational process of discernment that a couple of these questions all have to do with, you know, if, if someone comes to me or if a leader says to me and I, it's, it feels off or I don't, God's seeming to say something different to me, I think we have to grow in our understanding of how to discern what is us, God, or the enemy. And... That's just such a process because the first two questions I always ask is, is it scriptural? Which means I need to grow in my knowledge of the Bible. And does it display the character of Christ? Because I can make a case for the scripture being quite, you know, aggressive, especially if you pull on some Old Testament concepts of turn or burn and repent and all of that kind of stuff. But does it also display the character of Christ? And then there's several other questions um, at work in this process. But if there's that big a, a sense of this is off, get a second opinion. It's like going to your doctor and your doctor says something and you're always encouraged, it's your, your life, your hearing, your process and journey with hearing God. If you're unsure about it, talk to somebody else who you trust and who is part of the journey. Um, I had somebody come to me one time after a service, this was many years ago, and they said to me, um, Basically, something along the lines of uh, God wants me to highlight the fact that uh, you're a very angry person. And I was like, so I said to them, what gives you the sense that I'm an angry person? And they're like, before the church services every Sunday morning, you just look like you want to kill people. <laughs> and I, so I, like, I, I heard them saying these words to me and it didn't, I didn't like it. It didn't feel good and it felt really contrary to my connection with God and all of those things. So, but I took it to a trusted friend and I was, I said to her, this weird thing happened to me after the service today. And they, they, they kind of caged it in the language of, I feel like I'm supposed to, God's asking me to bring you this word. And she said, well, it's true. And I was like, 
okay? <laughs> but I'm not an angry person. She's like, no, you're not an angry person, but you would not know that by your face. And um, so there was just this real process of receiving something that felt off, and it was slightly off because I wasn't an angry person, but the, the, the obedience of that person to come to me and highlight something that they felt like God was bringing to their attention, and it was true. The process was accurate, and the, the fruit of the process was accurate, even though some of the things felt a little off. So I needed a, a, a second opinion. I needed somebody that was trusted and heard God and knew me. And she just, you know, point blank, flat out, your pre-service game face is homicidal. So fix it. <laughs> How did you change your face? Like, did, was it an internal, external process? Did you literally become more joyful? Or did you just smile? I literally, you ha I have to smile or my... Resting face is not very friendly. Yeah, because if somebody came to me and they're like, hey, I love everything about you, but it's just your face you need to change. I'd be like, sweet. So your smile is fake every time on Sunday when no. we see you? Is that... No, because the inside didn't, the outside didn't match the inside. Oh, okay. So my, I love church and I've loved church since I was, since I started going to church, like, I don't even know, almost 40 years ago. And I, like, I love the body of Christ. I love church. Mm. And I love people. But my, and I love services. I love preaching. I love being involved with worship. Like, I love it. But sometimes that overflow of heart comes out of my words, but my face is just, I mean, who here has, <laughs> you also have a resting face that's questionable. Well, my resting face is questionable. And, that just, like, I needed to train myself to smile and to have that enthusiasm and, and engage eye contact and smile and say good morning and I'm so happy to see you. And it's genuine because that is genuinely my heart. My face just did not catch up or say that at all. And so, yeah, That's it's a process. Awesome. So you need to maybe smile more too. I was in a meeting once with Janice. She was like, after we did that meeting, you totally checked out. <laughs> She's like, where were you? I'm like, I just, I guess I have to change that too. So thank you for that. Text them. Fix your face. Yeah, fix your face. <laughs> She's done that before. Fix your face. It's great. Um, okay, okay, mate. I got one for you. What's I'll that? take one. Are you doing the next one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Question? Go ahead. Okay. So let's get specifics now mm -hmm. in terms of, like, you will often, Joel, stand up at the front and say, I have a word of knowledge mm -hmm. about this, that, or something else. Mm -hmm. What does that process look like for you? How specifically are you hearing that from God? Yeah, I think that's a good, a good question. So for me, um, I have a lot of thoughts that go through my mind. Um, some of which come out of my mouth that shouldn't. Um, some of which are heavily filtered and some of which aren't. When it's God speaking, I find that there's a couple things that happened. It sounds better than anything I could have come up with. It happens in my mind and in my thoughts. And it actually sounds like the voice sounds like my voice, but the thought is a better thought than I could have thought up. Um, it also has a sense for me personally, there's a sense of peace to it. There is a sense of risk because God's asking me 
well, always to completely put my reputation on the line to share some of these things. Um, and I, so I think for me, it comes through spontaneous, uh, flowing thoughts. It can also come through spontaneous, flowing emotion. When I'm up here and I'm, say I'm preaching and I start crying, I don't plan that stuff. Um, sometimes it's at a point where I didn't really feel God's heart when I was preparing those notes, but in the moment I feel God's heart, which is why I start crying, and I know that in that moment when I'm crying on this particular point in my notes, it's probably something for someone else. Um, but how do you know it's God with that stuff? The only way you know, this is where I think it's risky and it has to be, the only way you know is if you share it and someone says, yeah, that's me. That's me, like, that's my, whatever it is. So for me, um, that's a way, one way. The second way that I see often in my life is I'm just living my life, going about my day, and things catch my attention. And when they catch my attention, they draw me to God in a way that... So the other day I was running along the dike in Pit Meadows, and I'm thinking about my kid's life. And I'm thinking about just rehearsing the history that like Sonia and I have spent together and our kids' lives. And I'm praying through it as I'm running. And as I'm running, I see on the side of the, the Pit Meadows dike a green, uh, sorry, a pink soother. And the pink soother has the end of it cut off. Now, to all of you, that won't mean anything. But to Sonia, that means something. Because when my daughter was trying to get off the soother, we would actually clip a little bit off it each week until she finally didn't want it anymore. As that happened, and I saw this pink soother with the end cut off, which wouldn't mean anything to any of you, and a lot of you might have walked past that same soother on last week. The song on my, on my watch that kicked in, he was singing, take me back to the beginning. And so those things happening like simultaneously while I'm praying, I knew God was speaking. And that is probably more often now. Things that you walk past in your life every day, or just things that you think are just consequential, things that you just glance by. Um, I just started to allow those things to catch my attention long enough to go to God with that. Um, those are a couple ways, sorry. Thank you. It's a good word right there. What about you, Jeff? Sorry, what was the question? To try, could you try to pay attention, Jeff? I'm totally paying attention. I no, was I'm just, just uh, listening to um, Joel. Specific ways that you hear from God, like what does God's voice sound like to you or in a kind of a practical way? Yeah, I would agree. For me, it's very similar to what Joel was just talking about. Um, there, I've, heard, I've described it several different ways, but there's just these thoughts that will form and I often have a dialogue running in me and the dialogue just begins to sound more pure and more clean and more just the sense of, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pay attention. 
And then there'll be random points of confirmation or, yeah, one, one of the more recent ones was I was getting ready to um, share at a church and I had no idea of, like, there was this illustration that I felt like I was supposed to use, but it didn't fit. Mm. And I was like, God, I, I, I don't know how to make this fit and I don't want to just bend the word or anything. But it was the illustration that I used, I shared here about uh, climbing up a mountain and throwing rocks off the mountain as a, a point of release. Um, and I shared the illustration about a year ago here. And uh, I felt like I was supposed to share it at this church that I was going to preach at. And I'm like, God, I just, I don't know. And I'm sitting at Crescent Beach Sunday before going to preach. And I'm like, God, it just doesn't fit. And no word of a lie. This guy walks from the path behind me passes me, goes to the edge of the shoreline, pulls a white rock out of his pocket, which means something very important to me. He throws it with all his might into the ocean and says, I don't want it anymore, which is exactly what I had done a year previous. And I was like, oh God, that was like beyond the point of confirmation. And it spoke something to me. It spoke something to the people that I ministered to that morning. There was a couple points of exchange after the service. And I just love those moments where something insignificant, like a, a soother or someone throwing a rock or random things I'll see, um, just whisper and echo and, and confirm what God is speaking into my life. But it's uh, uh, very much in my thoughts. I'm a words person, so I'm not a feeling person. It's a very thought-based experience for me. Um, yeah, so there, we're now up to like 30 questions, but one that I do want to answer because it was kind of at me, and this is important that I think I, I clarify, which thank you for this, by the way. Um, so it says, so, so Joel, if the only way to know if it was from God is to share it, and it's true for someone. It sounds a bit like hit uh, trial and error and a bit unreasonable. For example, if it is true, then we say, praise the Lord. If it is not, then we say, oh, that was just me. I feel like we're turning a blind eye to the ones that aren't true and making an excuse that it wasn't God. I think that's a great point and a great question. Um, so when I say just share it, in, in no way do I mean share everything that comes into your head and have no process for hearing, like taking it to God, right? So, so if, I, if something comes into my mind for someone, there is a process before delivery, right? Process before delivery is, is prayer. It could be God confirm this word for the person. Um, it could be remind me of this because I don't want to share this on a Sunday morning. What I'm saying though is once you go through what, what that process looks like for you, in the end, you won't know it is God unless you share it with that person that he has prompted you to. So my point wasn't to be, and I think this is important, because we don't want to be just reckless. Um, and there are guidelines like no dates, no mates, no babies. And there are other guidelines within hearing God's voice and sharing it. But in the end, once you've processed, prayed through it, the only way to know will be to share it with the person was, was um, but I totally, we shouldn't, um, yeah, anyway. Well, 
I'll say from my own standpoint, like I kind of hear from God, I kind of similar to the way you guys said, right? I do not hear an audible voice from God. I, the best I can describe it is, you know, if you're going to do something and you want to constantly, uh, you, you want to, you're going to maybe meditate on something and you're trying to get all the distracting thoughts out of your mind. You know, sometimes you sit down to do something and then thoughts will just kind of always try to pop into your brain when you're trying not to think about them. That to me is often the way God speaks to me is a thought just pops into my brain and I have great difficulty and I'm still learning to how to discern which of those thoughts that pop into my mind are my own thoughts that pop into my mind or they are thoughts from God that pop into my mind because they sound exactly the same because they're in my voice, in my mind. And so coming back to that question, I, I've made a hundred mistakes in terms of yeah. assuming that something that popped into my mind was from God right. when it wasn't. And I'll share it with somebody and they'll say, that doesn't really resonate with me at all. And I say, sorry, and I own it, right? So I think that's the important part is to say, we are all in process of learning how to hear from God. And I tend to use words like, I feel like God might be saying, I would never say God said this. And then if, it, if it's not accurate, I say, sorry, I, I screwed it up, right? Like I missed it. That was probably one of my own thoughts and not one of God's. But I think you have to be willing to make mistakes in order to get the ones that are from God. See, if I just stop sharing words because I make mistakes, then the ones that are from God wouldn't get to those people either. That's good. That's good. I, yeah, there's too many questions to, um, but we'll just end on this one and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But it's, um, does God's voice uh, sound male or female? <laughs> and all the wives say female and all the men say male. Um, I, I, I do think it, it sounds like um, your voice. The Holy Spirit is resident within you. It's your personality, which is why uh, sometimes in the South uh, and they have a word from the Lord uh, and they want to tell you uh, about salvation. Uh, it's the personality of the person sharing. And sometimes it's very quiet, very peaceful, very sometimes it's joyful. And God is like using because God uses us as vessels. Um, he, he takes up residence within us. He speaks in you. Where does God live? Where does God live? In you. Taking up residence within you. And so it's through your mind that he uses. Uh, one way I'll just leave you with is like, how do I grow? Can I grow? Uh, a, a good way is, is where Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind then you will be able to prove the will of God. What that means is when we, instead of conforming, thinking we're going to hear an audible voice, our mind is renewed, we will actually begin to hear God's voice more clearly in the renewal of the mind. So I'll, we'll close there. If you want us to do a part two. Also, we should say, if your question was not answered, and you want an answer, we're available after the service because there was a lot of questions there. Yeah. And the subject has in the past 
cost people a lot of angst or anxiety or um, brokenness even. And I don't want you leaving here. We don't want you leaving here discouraged or disappointed in any way. So we're available and our prayer team's available for you after the service. And if you would like a part two to this, um, let us know and we'll, uh, we'll schedule it. So I want to pray for us. So, um, and then the worship team is coming up. Thank you to Greg and Pastor Jen. Everybody give them a round of applause.